you know, getting to be a head coach and then, and then winning a championship, you know, that, that's what it's really all about is, is winning and, and being able to be a catalyst between players and the, and the next level of life. You know, it's not only about being a professional, but it's about how you carry yourself and, and what your values are and how you're going to move on in life. And so if I can help with that um, and help groom the next generation, then that's, that's definitely what I want to do. Um, yeah, I think the idea of going undrafted is kind of my life story. Uh, just being overlooked and underrated. Uh, if you guys didn't know, I have my own company brand and production over hype. So that's kind of the motto I live by. And just knowing that you can be hyped up all you want, but numbers don't lie. And once you get inside the lines, hype doesn't really do anything for you, you know? What's up, everybody? I'm Kush from OTS. When the conversation gets boring, people go for their drink. When they go for their drink, they see their coaster. If they see a coaster like this, the conversation stays boring. But if they see a coaster like this, with some of the most legendary moments in sports history, the conversation gets a little juice. Playbook has sexy leather coasters, and if you're a real big baller, they've got slate ones as well. Go check out at Playbook Products and use OTS Playbook for 15% off. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Outside the Stadium. With us today is former NBA player and current G League host, Xavier Silas. What's going on, Xavier? How's it going, guys? I'm good. I'm good. I'm Harry. Dero is the one with the Sixers background. What's going on, Dero? What's up, guys? Dero, you want to take us away? Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. So I like to ask this question to people. Does, I know you went undrafted, uh, undrafted in 2011. Does, did that motivate you to kind of get better? Did that kind of bring some fire and just, just turn it on for you? Yeah, I think so. I think it was a little uh, unique for me just because – it, during the draft, the Sixers, Sixers called me and said that they were going to bring me in. So I don't, it didn't really feel like it was undrafted. Um, it, it almost felt like a second round pick. They, they, they just explained, hey, we didn't have another pick. If we would have, uh, we would have taken you. And, and so I just, um, I didn't get to go through the whole undrafted, not really knowing what I was going to do thing. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's awesome knowing where you're going to go after the draft. I mean, it's, it is the same thing as the draft, so that's good for you, honestly. So sticking with the Sixers, you were on one of five teams in NBA history to defeat a one seed as the eighth seed in NBA history. Can you talk about that experience? Well, man, I mean, it, 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 all, it all happened so fast. You know, when D-Rose went down and we started to be able to, to, to kind of come together and, and – really figure out that, hey, man, this series is is winnable. Um, it was a special time, you know, it was before the process. It was it was a really good team, and, and I was really happy to be a part of it and to be able to experience all that stuff and learn from it. For sure. Very well said. And I've, I've, I've actually been excited to ask you this question. So <laughs> you, what do you think about Steve Nash being named – a coach, a, a coach of the Nets. Does being a Hall of Fame caliber player translate into being a Hall of Fame caliber coach? Obviously, you played, you coach, and I just want your opinion on it. Um, you know, I, I, I've said this before. I think that being a point guard, a Hall of Fame point guard, is a little different because everyone knows that a Hall of, like a, a point guard, is the extension of the head coach anyway, and so being in that role for that many years and having that much success, I think that it just translates easier than other positions, just because as a point guard, you have really deep 
and informative conversations with the head coach because you're the coach on the floor. You're the floor leader. You're the floor general. We know all of these, you know, names that they have for point guards. So I think that that's why we see so many point guards um, becoming head coaches and so many point guards having success as, as uh, head coaches just because they've kind of been coaching and leading teams uh, in a way for their entire careers. I never thought like of that like that. I got to say that is yeah. so true. <laughs> I like it. I like that. I like that a lot. You can just name them, like Jason Kidd, Mark Jackson, Derek Fish. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. all even Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr was a yeah. was a guard, and 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 then you then you start thinking about you know Sam Cassell is over there waiting for his his opportunity. I know Chauncey has has said that he he's interested in being a head coach, and so I, I think. Honestly, I think that it makes the most sense um, for a guard to, to kind of be a coach just because of those conversations that they've had with their head coaches for so many years. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about your coaching job. You're currently the assistant coach in the G League. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience, how it is to coach, you know, the Delaware Bluecoats? It's great, man. I mean, it's a great experience. It's a great coaching experience. You know, I'm learning and growing as a coach. Um, and, and, and my head coach, Connor Johnson, puts me in situations where, you know, uh, I, I get to learn and I get to lead. And, and so it's exciting. You know, my, my goal is to be a head coach uh, one day. And, and it's a great um, place to, to learn and to grow into that. Nice. You, you kind of just answered my next question, but I'm asking anyway. Uh, let's, you, you've obviously accomplished a lot so far through your career, whether it be playing or coaching. Um, you know, what are some of your goals, like you said, you know, long-term, short-term? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some, some things that you hope to accomplish. Just, 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 you know, getting to be a head coach and then, and then winning a championship. You know, that, that's what it's really all about is, is winning and, and being able to be a catalyst between players and the, and the next level of life. You know, it's not only about being a professional, but it's about how you carry yourself and, and what your values are and how you're going to move on in life. And so if I can help with that um, and help groom the next generation, then that's, that's definitely what I want to do. And, and are you, do you, would you want to coach an NBA? Is that, is that kind of an end goal? Yeah, I, I think that, I think that honestly being a head coach in, on any of those levels where you talk college, you talk NBA, you talk the, the NBA G League, you get to compete at a high level. And, and as long as I'm able to compete at a high level, uh, I think I'll be pretty satisfied. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So I want to know what are some of your best moments in your basketball career, whether that be coaching, NBA, college, et cetera? Oh, man. I mean, I would probably say my best moment is when I got called up from Boston the, the last time. Uh, you know, I, I, I was working for a long time to get back, and, and a lot of people didn't think I would or could. And for them to call me up, um, that kind of solidified a lot of things uh, for me, and, and I was able to get to know Coach Stevens a little bit and, and get to see that team and see how they run things. And so I think that was probably one of the best experiences that I've had. Before we let you go, I got to ask, how were you able to stay ready? You know, you had a five-year gap between Sixers and Celtics. How were you able to stay ready and then be ready for your next opportunity in the NBA? Uh, just faith, man. You know, like I just believing in myself and, and, and knowing that I was going to get back there. You know, that five-year gap was – was a hell of a gap and a lot of people don't make it back. I'd be surprised to see 
who else had 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 that much time in between and, and to make it back and so for me it was just you know sticking with it um and and getting better even though i had been in the playoffs and even though i'd been with the sixers um even though i had all those accolades and led the country in scoring in college and all that i just always felt like i could get better and and that was kind of like the theme. It's just how can I get better just a little bit um, over this course of time? And it paid off. Yeah, I, I love that. And that's super impressive. And like, it's just kind of one of those things, never give up, give up on your dreams, always believe in yourself and just like keep grounding, good things will happen. Um, and you know, that's exactly what you did. So, you know, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And uh, listen, we hope to watch you coach, uh, you know, this season and, and many seasons to come and hopefully in the NBA one day. So thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks for coming on. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Outside the Stadium. We are here today with the Garden of Washington Wizards organization, Justin Robinson. Justin, how are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? We're great. I'm great, at least. Michael by Kush coming at you live from LaGuardia Airport in the greater New York area. Coming at you from that nice Wizards locker room is Dero. What's up, Dero? What's up, everyone? And coming at you from the comfort of his own home is Harry Felder up there. What's up, Harry? Okay. Theo, you want to lead us off? Yeah, Coach, welcome back to New York. And Justin, thank you so much for being here. So first question I got to ask you, you've won some, you know, big time awards, you know, throughout your life, whether it be the Gatorade player or, you know, ACC player of the week, you know, which ones stand out to you the most? And, you know, how do you, you know, how to feel winning these awards? Um, obviously when I was in high school, you want to be the best that you can be. And, uh, I think uh, my senior year, I won Gatorade Player of the Year, and uh, I was in the running with uh, Markel Fultz his junior year, and then Charlie Warden, who ended up going to Wisconsin. So that was a big accomplishment in high school. And then um, in college, I would say, uh, I would say making all ACC second team my junior year. And then I think if I wouldn't have got hurt my senior year, I would have made first team. But just like the small awards like that, I mean, I'm not really a individual guy, I would much rather my team succeed, but I think those ones are what stuck out and were an accomplishment to me. Yeah, a big time accomplishment. So I want to know, what were some of your top moments in your rookie season? Um, Obviously signing for three years with the Wizards was a, was a blessing. Uh, I grew up a season ticket holder of the Wizards and my, my home was uh, 50 minutes away from there in Virginia, so. I think just being that hometown kid and just being able to play in the city you grew up in was the accomplishment. And then also, um, I think my first real shot at getting minutes with the Wizards when we played Madison Square against the Knicks, I think I played well. I got an opportunity to show what I could do. And I think just overall the idea of just being in the Wizards organization and learning from smaller guards and like uh, Isaiah Thomas and Ish Smith was a huge blessing in, uh, in my career. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Justin, obviously right now you're not in the NBA bubble, but from the circles that you're in, what's the general sentiment around the restart of the season? Are people excited? Are people scared? Are people just ready to, to get back at it? What do you hear from, you know, the players in the, in the circles that you're in? Yeah, no, I think uh, overall the idea of being, me personally, in consideration of being uh, brought down by a couple of teams to go to the NBA restart was good. I think everybody was up in the air about the rules and regulations of the bubble and things like that. And I don't know if it's still a hundred percent set that everybody likes what's going on, but I think just the idea of the the players loving the game and wanting to play is what they're going through right now. Uh, 
you've seen some of the positive tests and things like that. So it's kind of a shock um, just to know that you can have it and not be symptomatic is kind of scary to everyone. But I think the overall idea of them trying to restart and do what's best for the players and the fans is the, the greatness of the league at the NBA. For sure. Just don't just don't leave the bubble to go get your lunch or anything like that. That would not be uh... <laughs> from the Kings didn't turn out too well for him, but yeah. It's all it's all good. So I have to ask you, you know, everyone talks about like getting drafted, right? But I, I wanna ask you, did you know going undrafted motivate you and, and make you work that much harder? Um yeah, I think the idea of going undrafted is kind of my life story. Uh just being overlooked and underrated. Uh if you guys didn't know I have my own company brand and production of a hype so that's kind of the motto I live by and just knowing that you can be hyped up all you want but numbers don't lie and once you get inside the lines hype doesn't really do anything for you you know so I think the whole idea of the mistaken thing of the draft is some people don't understand that going undrafted may be better um, me personally I had some opportunities to get drafted but it wasn't the right fit or right contract negotiations between my agent and the GMs and the other teams so I think just the blessing of Tommy Shepard calling my agent and getting to negotiations and being able to sign for three years right after the draft ended was a blessing. So That's a great mentality, by the way. I love that production over hype. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how four years of college ball prepared you for the NBA? Yeah, so I think overall the idea of guys being one and done and things like that, I don't think they get the same type of experience that I had in terms of, playing against the best of the best night and night out in the ACC for four years straight is kind of the thing that I love to do. Uh, I think the whole goal of me going to Virginia Tech was to turn things around, which we did, and just um, learning things about time management, going through the young experience of getting those out the way, um, just living and learning. I think uh, the idea of what some GMs will tell you in the NBA is that the people that leave early that have the hype are smart because they can't really – go downhill from there if they have the hype already. And I think the idea of proving myself for four years is why, like I said, I made the production of a hype thing and just knowing that my numbers never lie. Yeah, for sure. And on that note, you know, with a, in a specific point of that circumstance, you know, you played in Virginia Tech under legendary coach Buzz Williams, maybe also one of the sweatiest coaches in college basketball. Can you talk about, you know, playing under, you know, four years under a legend like Buzz Williams and how that experience was? Oh, man, he's my guy. He was like a a father figure slash brother away from home. Uh, He taught us more about life than basketball and certain things like taxes. Uh, We met a lot of people through him, and just his mentality is the same thing that I was. He takes a lot of underrated guys and molds them together and just makes a team great. Uh, He knows that his players are going to play hard for him and one another, and he just lets us play, I mean – When I was in college, I had the ball in my hands and he let me make all the decisions. And literally during timeouts, he would let us coach and he would just sit back. And that's kind of how he is as a guy. Uh, Everybody sees and thinks he's crazy and sweaty, as you would say. But I mean, that just shows his his passion. Like he wants to win just as much as we do. So I think playing for a guy like that and just like you see it translate to, to Jay Crowder and Jimmy in the NBA and guys like Wesley Matthews and stuff like that is just who he is. It, it goes through his players, and I think that's just the greatest thing I had. I wouldn't have chosen to go anywhere else. Yeah, well, that's a great way to put it. And it's, it's amazing that he, like, let you take control. You get you got the ball, you got to make your mistakes, you got to do the right thing. And 
figure it out for your own a little bit. For sure. Um, so I need to ask you, like you, we already mentioned some of the awards that you've gotten, you've accomplished a ton. You know, looking forward, what are some of your, maybe your short-term goals and some long-term goals that you set for yourself? Um, I think obviously the short term is to get back solidified in the NBA. Um, and just pretty much uh, when I get the opportunity to take advantage of it. Uh, I think I'm an NBA player, and I, I think that's kind of the, the gist around the NBA. But it's all about the right timing and the right opportunity and my, my goal. And obviously the long term is just have a successful career in the NBA. I'm not really in it for, I wouldn't say, the money. Like, obviously big contracts are nice, but I just love the game that much. I just want to play and show my worth and know that I belong. So. I think the idea of being able to do that with the Wizards my rookie year for half of it uh, was big to me and a blessing. And just knowing that I'm in conversations to be in the NBA is a blessing as well. It's a, a dream come true, and not many can say that they fulfilled it. Yeah, absolutely. You have a long career ahead of you for sure. So you mentioned earlier you were a season ticket holder when you were younger. Can you tell us a little bit about how it was to play for your childhood team for the Wizards? Yeah, I mean, I it was just a blessing. Like, uh, obviously, I said my dad and me and my brother used to go to the games and watch uh, the Wizards when Gilbert Arenas was there and um, things like that. So to be able to come full circle and play in the arena that I grew up going to was nice. And also, God works in mysterious ways. Um, in the Sweet 16 with Virginia Tech, we lost to Duke in Capital One Arena, which is where the Wizards play. And I think to be able to start my career in the same arena that I lost my last game in was kind of dope and a blessing. So I think just the idea of knowing, like I said, to be that hometown kid, I wouldn't call it hometown hero, but the people around here would say that. So I think just to be able to have that, that, uh, that light on me and things like that, and just know that people are looking up to me is kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Life has a funny way of bringing you around in yeah. circles. Justin, before we let you go, we got to get some predictions. Who's going to come out of the Eastern Conference? Who's going to come out of the Western Conference? And who's going to win the NBA Finals this year? Man, I honestly think it's going to be the Bucks out of the East. I don't know. It, it all depends what the Lakers got going on over there. Uh, Rondo just got hurt. Uh, I think it's going to be hard to determine that side. But I think the Clippers and the, the Lakers are going to battle it out and uh, see who comes out on that side. But I think I got a team from the West winning it. So either the Lakers or the Clippers. I feel like that's a popular opinion, so that works. Uh, Justin, this has been awesome. You know, we love watching you play. We hope that, you know, your dreams come true and you get back into the league and, you know, accomplish everything you want to accomplish. But for now, you know, we'll stay in touch and uh, looking forward to speaking with you soon. Yeah, no, for sure. Thank you guys for having me.